Hi, I'm Sess Busby. Welcome to First Act, the podcast series brought to you by Koshi's Business Builders, where we chat to inspiring innovators across the startup and small business ecosystem. If you're looking for small business inspiration, you can find us at www.koshisbusinessbuilders.com.au or join us on Facebook. Hi, everybody. Today I'm chatting with Melanie Perkins. Mel is the co-founder of Canva, an online design site that allows users to easily create designs with simple drag and drop tools and templates. Canva now has over 10 million users across 179 countries and businesses, and they create 10 new designs every second. That's a pretty impressive stat, and Mel's here today with us to chat about how it all began and where the startup is heading to next. Welcome, Mel. I wouldn't mind taking a step right back to the very beginning. Were you like one of those arty kids? Did art and design play much of a role in your life growing back, growing up? Yeah, I've always loved art and I've yeah. always loved um, creating things and taking on way too much, even when I was a little kid, like t- taking on lots of different... I actually got told in year six to not do so much homework. <laughs> I just really enjoyed putting a lot of effort into the things that I did. Yeah. Um, and so did your teachers encourage you to, to go on a creative path or your family did? did was your family artistic? Um. Yeah, um, I, yeah, our whole family is really artistic. Actually, my brothers, they're much better drawers and musicians than me. Mm. And so I didn't have any skills in um, things that my whole family, so my dad has a really big family and they're all really musical, except for me. Yeah. And so I think that it was actually kind of good in a way. It meant that I, the only skill that I had was to put lots of effort into things. So I, I put a lot more effort into things yeah. um, than, uh, the, than the standard, I think, partly because I just wasn't very talented at uh, drawing and music uh, quite frankly. So why did you want to pursue design when you went to uni? Um, actually, I was studying communication psychology and commerce when I went to uni. Oh, um, and yeah, it was because I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I did know that I wanted to. Um, I thought that having two different degrees would be really helpful to um, shape my the way I was thinking about the world from two different perspectives. Hmm. And I think that's been really helpful because it's given me a different view on um, the information that I was getting. Yeah. And that extra effort thing that you're always putting in. Exactly. Double degree. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite finish though. I've got, I've got yeah. six months to go. Yeah. I would love to finish it one day. Yeah. Do you think you ever will go back to uni and finish that degree? I think it's getting on the edge of expiring now, but yeah. um, or maybe it's expired. But I, I I, I would like to finish it, like, I, but I just don't know if six months is going to find themselves anytime soon. I've been thinking about maybe doing one unit, but yeah. my days are pretty yeah. <laughs> So um, can you take me back to that, you know, that brainstormy moment, the, the, the light bulb going off in the mm-hmm. head when um, it's pre-Canva days, it's yeah. when you guys started your first company. Yeah. Can you kind of explain to our audience how that happened? Yeah, absolutely. So I was at university and I was also teaching design programs at the same time. Um, and I saw students really struggling to learn the very basic. So they would take a whole semester learning where the buttons were in Photoshop. I was also teaching Dreamweaver to create websites and iMovie to create um, and Final Cut Pro. And all of these things I thought were really, really complicated. And I thought that in the future they should all be online and they sh- you should be able to collaborate with other people. And it should be really simple. So you shouldn't have to take an entire semester just to learn where the buttons were. You should be able to jump in and start using it. Um, and you also shouldn't have to learn a different different tool for everything that you wanted to create. So you shouldn't have to go and create something, use something different to create your marketing materials or your videos or your websites. Yeah. Um, so our goal 
at this, like, realized that was the future, but at that point in time had no business experience or marketing experience or software experience or any relevant experience. <laughs> so, so I took on um, school yearbooks in Australia um, and spent a long time trying to find a, a really great software development company. Um, I actually made our first website and, uh, in Flash, which is terrible, but it was um, – then we, we got it properly coded. Um, yeah. Um, and you still have that company, yeah? Yeah, so um, Fusion Books actually was where a lot of the IP for Canva came from. So the way we were going to have you know, collaborative online design platform. Um, so Canva bought that company for a dollar. They got a bargain and <laughs> some amazing team members, um, which is, was really helpful because I think there would have been way too much IP for problems if that was sold. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, high school students are still using it to create their end of year. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. It's um, it must be kind of weird now that you've stepped away from that to to see it still like blossoming and growing as a company. Yeah, it's really cool. Is it hard to um, like I imagine even with Canva as well because it was your baby, but now there's this massive team. Mm. Um letting go of elements, especially for someone like you, I think. <laughs> it's, it's a continuous process of letting go because at the start you do everything yourself. Yeah. So I was doing customer service and quality assurance and all of the product management and just like all the marketing or between Cliff and I. Um, and so it, we've got over 600 people now. So every time a new person starts, it's like giving away just another hat and then another yeah. hat. And then you're like, how on earth was I doing all these things when it was just us doing? Yeah. But we can do so much more, obviously, with 600 people than yeah. we could when we're two people. We'd be like, okay, we're going to create a marketing a piece of marketing material like three months later. That eventually comes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the number of things you can do in parallel is definitely incredible. Yeah. It's, it's something that I think all found and um, small business owners can relate to, though, that constant juggle of, you know, one hat on, another one off. Totally. Um, what were the main challenges for you then from when you started the company to now? Um, actually, I'll tell you a little bit of a funny story about the, the different hats. We used to have an interdepartmental meeting when it was just Cliff and I. <laughs> actually have all of the departments listed so accounts and legal and software development and marketing and IP like legal I think we had and all the different areas yeah. and we'd go through and we'd have a, a a very short meeting on each of the different departments across the company so that was kind of <laughs> um, but there's different challenges between um, then and now I think every stage of the company has different challenges mm. um, like you know, obviously in the early days with Fusion, we were having to become profitable really quickly. We're having to market off a really, really small budget and figure out how to expand. We're having to get the software to be developed and we redeveloped it every year as we found different technology. Um, we had to figure out how to um, employ people for the first time. We had to figure out how to work with people, um, set up an office, all of those sorts of challenges. Um, now with 600 people, there's all sorts of different challenges I never would have imagined. Like the, the one of the things we've been working on right now is like how do people transfer teams? And there's an uncanny number of things you need to think about, like making sure that you're matching people's skill sets with their teams, with the company needs, with expertise with mentorship um, there's a whole host of things that we're needing to be thinking about um, in order to do that effectively um, you know obviously in between those two points there was raising funds figuring yeah. out how to pitch investors getting rejected a lot trying to find a tech team um, so 
And then there's like little things that you would have never thought about. Like I would never have thought about like lunch lines. So we had lunch together all, all the time, every day. And in the early days, we'd all sit down and have lunch together. And then we started to grow. And then we end up with really long lunch lines. So we needed to make a goal for the Vibe team to reduce the lunch lines down to two minutes. And oh then we like there's all these little bizarre things. And now we have like a lunch. There's I think there's a two hour block that people can go and have lunch. Yeah. So just like all these little tweaks that you're just constantly having to reinvent um, as you grow. Yeah. And also there's all this additional responsibility now. It's, yeah. not, it's not you and Cliff, it's you and Cliff and cast of thousands. <laughs> yeah, totally. We, yeah, we've got 600 people. We've got I don't know, probably over 100 investors now. Um, yeah. There's a lot of people um, and then obviously millions of customers. <laughs> so we need to be thinking about them and everything that we're doing as well. Yeah. Um, so back to that light bulb moment, um, you realise this is a, a great idea, why has no one thought of it? And then you start pitching and pitching and pitching. Like it took a really long time to get Canva over the line. Yeah, and before that we'd had a company for five years. So yeah. it was, it's been a very long journey. It's been about 11 years now. Wow. Um, like we, Canva's been launched for five years, but then a year before of that, before that was development, a year before that was pitching investors and tech um, people, and then years before that was fusion. Um, so it's definitely been a long time in the making. Yeah, no, like people <laughs> are like, oh, overnight success. You're like, oh, <laughs> overnight 11 years success. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, how do you keep the passion and the energy going then? Because that's a long journey. I think having one of our, the values that we have um, explicitly stated at Canva is to set crazy big goals and make them happen. Mm. And I happen to be very inspired by crazy big goals. Um, so we have a two-step plan at Canva. Step one is to build one of the world's most valuable companies. No, no biggie. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, just a little one. Just a little one. Um, and then step two is to do the most good we can do. And so we're making small steps on step one. Still got a really long way to go, um, but we're really just getting started with step two as well. So we're really figuring out how we can use our platform and all of the um, awesome our awesome community to really help achieve the world's goals. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to think a little bit more about that at the moment. As yeah. Well. So how important is purpose to you then? Sounds like everything. Absolutely, yeah. yeah that, um, I think that's been um, my driving force since forever. Um, like when I was at school, I was thinking about what do I want to do when I grow up and thinking maybe I'll become a journalist or a diplomat or, or had all sorts, all sorts of different things I tried, or lawyer. Um, and I think that that two-step plan started for me. Mm. Yeah. Diplomat. I was just thinking all sorts of random things. The careers council told me to be an actuary. I'm kind of quite glad I didn't go down that path. I think that would have been quite suited to me. It's an interesting choice to give you. I was pretty good at maths and science. Yeah. So speaking of maths and science then, STEM, obviously you must be quite passionate about STEM and increasing um, the availability for STEM for women as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, is there anything that Canva's doing particularly at the moment to kind of help that? Yeah, there's a host of things that we're doing. So we support a lot of different events, everything from Women Who Code. Um, so we've got a community space here and we host heaps and heaps of different events. We work with a lot of universities now as well. We have an internship program. We've brought in some incredible interns um, into Canva. And there's a host of other things that we're doing as well. Um, but I think that what's most important is that 
I think that in schools, people should be learning to solve problems. Mm. And when you are learning to solve problems, you can solve that through coding. You can solve that through all sorts of different things. Like the outdated sort of rote learning that mm. happens in some schools is just not that helpful to be setting up our students for tomorrow, yeah. all of the problems that people are going to be um, having to solve. And so I think there's there's so much more that we can be doing in that. Imagine if you're at school and you're learning, you're being inspired by the UN Sustainable Development Goals and thinking, yeah. how do we solve these? What's the best in the world yeah. that's happening in this area? And then learning the skills, so everything from coding to project management um, to actually help solve those sorts of problems. Um, I think that we're, we're starting to certainly see a turn towards that, mm. but I think there's still a really long way we can go. Yeah, we do at my kids' school, they do play-based learning, which is all about that. So oh, excellent. like this term, they did a project that was how you can use art to um, inform the world about your community and they did videos and they made a book about ah. community members to, you know, tell the story of Newtown. That's um, wonderful. The term before they did sustainability and yeah, they built a whole kids' playground for the kindergarten kids out of like raw materials and stuff. Like I think it is happening more and more that, that shift in learning and the shift in the way that we teach our kids and yeah. certainly they're hungry for it. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, it's great really that you're also, you're also involved in those kind of initiatives, I think. Mm. Um, so obviously from that, um, that initial kernel, Canva has just expanded monumentally and, you know, not just in terms of the number of people that you have but the, the offerings that you're giving um, everyone, the availability to design and stuff, but also the areas that you're expanding to in terms of location, like China. You've, you've launched in China. That yeah. must have been a huge undertaking because it's not just, you know, like, bringing it to an English-speaking country, that's a massive, Definitely. massive thing. Can you tell me why why China, why now, and how long was that process? Absolutely. So we're used in 190 countries now, um, and we're in 100 languages. Wow. And so we tackled a lot of the like, Roman languages that were quite easy to, to um, translate the UI into, and then we started to tackle some of the harder languages that have different typography and um, a different script. Um, and then we needed to ensure that we had all of the fonts and that sort of thing. And then we tackled the hard languages. So the hard languages to get into for us um, was in China because we needed to set up an entire team there. Mm. Um, and we also needed to really localise the UI, localise the login methods and the published methods, um, partner with some amazing firms there. So we partnered with the largest stock photography company there and the largest font um, foundry there as well. And then we also um, needed to ensure that we had media partnerships and all sorts of other things happening there. Um, and so that has been an awesome um, investment to make because it's like one quarter of the internet population. Yeah. So we want to empower them to design as well. <laughs> um, and then we also launched in right to left um, markets, so Arabic and Hebrew and Urdu, yeah. um, where we had to flip the entirety of Canvas UI so you could read it from um, yeah. right to left. And so that was a huge initiative as well, a huge engineering effort. Um, but now we really can empower the whole world to design. So that's, I guess, been our philosophy right from the start. And so it's really cool to be able to see that now actually happening. But there's still so much more we need to do. So now we're concentrating on localising the 50,000 templates we have into mm. the 100 languages that we're in. Uh, we need to ensure that we have all of the fonts. in. We've got some fonts in every language, but we want to ensure every language has an amazing array of 
their fonts and an amazing array of photography that's localized to their own needs. Um, so that's just going to be a oh, localized currency, localized payment methods. Yeah, it's just, it's just it's a, a, long, a long list of things that need to be done to become really locally relevant. And yeah. um, we even want to get to the point that, um, and we're working on um, having, when you're in a certain market, we want to ensure that the quotes are from local heroes. Mm. Um, so really, really focusing on the, the localized experience. Yeah. Do you ever feel tired by your ambition? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm always inspired by goals. And yeah. actually, there's a song, it's my favourite song. It's, um, I like things that seem impossible. So yeah. That's kind of my personal motto. If it's, if it's hard, I kind of like it. Yeah. So what's a typical day for you these days then? Um, there's not that much that's typical. I can tell you about my day coming up. <laughs> uh, we've got something called mid-season reviews. So we work on the season, so uh, summer, autumn, winter, spring. Um, and at the moment it's mid-season review. Um, and so what each of the groups are getting up to present um, the progress that they've made. They often show demos of the products that they've been working on. They talk about their plans and how they're tracking towards their big season goals. Um, so that's really fun because each of the teams and groups mm. are getting up to present. Um, and so that's a lot of my day today. Mm. Um, and then sometimes I'll, like one of my favourite passions is working with the um, product teams. Mm -hmm. So getting to do things like um, sketch workshops where we might be sketching out the future of things. Mm. Um, other times I'm working with teams on their goals, yeah. um, all sorts of different things. Yeah. Do you have any specific kind of morning rituals or way you like to start your day? I've just started a couple of things, which I can tell you about. Yeah. So I've been doing two things. Uh, one thing for the last month, which I've been loving, which is the five-minute journal. Yeah. So you write down um, three things that you're grateful for, um, three things that you um, would like to do to make your day amazing mm. um, and then you do the same in the evening like what were three things that were amazing today and how could you have improved it and I'm like I'm loving doing that I, yeah. I feel like as a founder I'm continuously thinking about like where are the problems what are the things mm. I need to solve and I don't do a lot of stepping back and be like things are actually pretty good yeah um, and so I've, I found that <clears throat> really valuable and then just in the last few days so I can't really call this a habit at this point in time but I'm, I'm really enjoying it it's something called morning pages where you just literally write down three pages of whatever's on your head in your mind yeah like automatic writing almost um what's automatic writing I don't know about that that's just basically when you sit down you know with a blank piece of paper yeah. or blank keyboard and yeah. you just type yeah exactly. right and whatever comes out comes out that, that's yeah. exactly right and I've been finding that really fun because it can just help you to get through any thoughts that are in your head and get to the stuff that you want to be thinking about um, I find that I'm very conscientious with my pen <laughs> I've been really enjoying that yeah what was your your thoughts this morning I was oh, that's a a couple of things I was thinking this morning. Um, just that I want to be um, feeling a lot more grateful for things because I think, as I was saying, like I'm not, I, I focus a lot of the things on things I need, to, a lot of the time on things I need, I need to be improving. Mm. And so I wanted yeah, to forward thinking, forward thinking yeah, like instead of being things. present. Exactly. Yeah. And so I wanted to spend a little bit more time being conscientious about that. Um, okay. um, yeah, that was probably the main yeah. one. It is hard to be present, though, particularly yeah. these days. There's so many distractions. It's so easily, you're easily able to be taken away from yourself in the moment. 
Yeah. So I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at being present, but I'm pretty not good at appreciating things that are going well yeah. <laughs> internally. So for me, I'm always like, oh, I need to be doing this. I need to be doing that as opposed to being like, you know, 95% of things are doing all right. And yes, there are 5% of things that need to be improved. So just trying to get that, that balance, I yeah. think is important. And are you still setting yourself really big purposeful goals? Yeah, absolutely. That that's like that's critical to my being. If yeah. I don't have a big goal, I feel really lost. So I always like to have a big goal that I'm working towards. Yeah. Um, and what's next for Canva? Because I hear there's big plans. I hear whispers of big plans anyway. <laughs> what can you reveal? Um so I guess everything falls under those two big goals I was mentioning before. So there's still a lot to do to make Canva one of the world's most valuable companies. Um, and so like we're in 50,000 schools, but we'd like to be in every school and we'd like to be the, have the whole school using it. We're in lots and lots of enterprises now, um, but we'd love the entire enterprise to be using Canva. So there's a lot coming up in that space as well. We're being used, we've had 20, um, like 60 million presentations created now, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but we would love everyone to be using Canva to create their presentations. And so there's an incredible amount of work that's going into that at the moment to really make that presentation experience magical. So we think that you shouldn't be sending a PowerPoint file or a PDF file over email. You should be able to send a beautiful link that has all your videos and mm. everything embedded. And it's a really amazing experience. Um, so that's another thing that we're focusing on a lot at the moment. And there's just so much more. Like our, our mission is to really empower everyone to design anything and publish anywhere. Mm. And so you can spoke a little bit about the empower everyone, which is why we're going into so many languages and really focusing on that. Um, but to design anything, we literally mean anything oh. at all that you can possibly imagine yeah. and then publish anywhere is um, another really important thing. So you can now print your designs on paper um, in 44 countries. You can um, print your design as a T-shirt in the US now. Oh. Um, you can um, turn your design into a website. There's all sorts of different things that you can do because um, yeah. Yeah, we want to empower everyone to design. Yeah, I think small business owners are particularly grateful because the stuff that you've provided them it's just opened a whole new level of marketing to the majority of small business owners like that, that would have been unattainable before or unaffordable. Like I yeah. think it's fantastic. Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah, I remember when we were quoted, when we were just getting started, um, $1,000 to create one brochure. We are like, we cannot afford $1,000 to create mm. a brochure. Um, and so now having that power in small businesses' hands I think is really powerful. Um, and it's so nice to see that actually turn into reality now and so many small businesses benefiting from it. Yeah. Um, what about mentors? Have you had many mentors in this process? Yeah, I've been um, really fortunate to meet a number of people. So um, Bill Tai, who was an investor from Silicon Valley, flew over to Perth and I met him and um, he sort of helped open a lot of doors in Silicon Valley, which was amazing. Lars Rasmussen, who co-founded Google Maps, um, was our tech advisor um, quite early on with Canva and helped um, us to find our tech team. So what that actually entailed was him saying no to people for a whole year <laughs> and um, refusing. It was saying that everyone wasn't good enough, which they weren't necessarily because the tech bar that we had needed to be really high yeah. um, to be able to build this thing. Um, and then like, I've been really fortunate to have amazing co-founders, so Cliff, um, obviously, and then Cam joined us with Canva, um, who's been amazing over the years. Um, and then, yeah, like we've got, 
lots of different investors that we call on for different things at different points in mm. time as well. Yeah. It's an important to have that kind of sounding board that's outside mm. of the day-to-day workings of Canva? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think the other thing that's been really important, I know that um, it might be hard to access different people at different points in time, but the amount of information that's now available online um, and through blogs and podcasts and all sorts of things like that, you can get access to information and people's thoughts and opinions that you wouldn't necessarily be able to like get in contact with. Yeah. And I did so much reading when we were starting out. There's this thing called Venture Hacks Bible. It's like a thousand-page PDF that I devoured a number of times, <laughs> trying to not sound like a, someone who knew nothing about startups yeah. <laughs> when we started pitching. And that was really helpful. I didn't. I realized recently when I was reading back through some old emails, I was like writing Y frames, like the, the letter Y, y. <laughs> like for a year. <laughs> I realized that they were called Y, y. frames. <laughs> So, yeah, it's been a, um, a, a funny journey. But, yeah, there's a lot of different – mentors could actually even be from reading different things online. Um, like we published a blog post that was super long that sort of tried to detail as much of our journey as possible. So hopefully other people can, can take a few gems from it. Yeah. And that first pitch, how was it for you? Um, the first pitch was um, – Really awkward. <laughs> I'd, I'd gone from Perth to Silicon Valley and I was um, wearing a – I'd read that they were casual in um, Silicon Valley, so rather than wearing my full business suit, which I at that stage was wearing to everything that I did, was wearing just my suit jacket and a, a quite a formal dress that I thought I was very casual, yeah. <laughs> business casual I thought I was. Um, but I, the first thing that Bill said to me was that I didn't need to get dressed up and I was mortified. Yeah. And I'd also brought my deck on a paper pitch deck yeah. and because um, I printed off in my mum's living room on our printing presses that we had for Fusion Books. And he was like, do you have an iPad or an iPhone? And I was like, no. <laughs> that was really awkward as well. Yeah, so it was, like, it was, it was a long awkward journey of going from knowing very little about startups to where we are today yeah thank you thank you so much i know you're pressed for time so i really appreciate you thank you so much really great to chat with you yeah thank you and that's it for first act don't forget if you're looking for small business inspiration and advice head to koshisbusinessbuilders.com.au